希利姊妹平安 ，Peace, brothers and sisters。那个是讲新人种这个希利的形象。Let's resume our series on new humanity。今天对麦是最基督的建树。Today our topic is be a soldier of Christ。经文是以我所述的六章第十九二十节。The passage is Ephesians chapter six. Verse 10 Now in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 to chapter 6, it tells us Christians have different roles in this world. Some are wives, husbands, fathers, mothers, Uh, the children, servants, or to be masters. But please focus. But please focus. Not every woman is called to be a wife or a mother. And not every man is called to be a husband or a father. And some has not ever become a servant. And some have never become a master. Because everybody's roles is different. But there is one specific role. That every single Christian has. If you're a Christian, we are all called to be soldiers of Christ. It's like being in Israel today. Everybody is trained to be a soldier. Because they're around very They're around many hostile nations. So, so the entire country is ready for war. In the conclusion of Ephesians, Paul says his last words are, These concluding remarks are also the most important. What are these words? So whether you're a A wife, a husband, a mother, a father, a child, or a master or a servant. If you are a Christian, then you are a soldier of Christ. Because you are in a spiritual battlefield. And no Christian should abandon his post. All are called to be soldiers. In Exodus 12, 41, At the end of 430 years to the very day, all the Lord's divisions left Egypt. When they left Egypt, they were not refugees. They were soldiers. Egypt represents the world. So Christians are the ones who has come out of the world. So we are also people who have come out of Egypt. But we are not a refugees. We are soldiers. We are the army of God. Now this passage tells us three important principles about being a soldier. The first, be strong. Verses 10 to 12. 
Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Back then, there, uh, people used to call Chinese people a bad thing. He, they used to call them as the sick men of East Asia. Because at that time, many Chinese people would smoke opium. So they would become addicts. And these people could not be soldiers. Because soldiers had to be strong and brave. And Paul reminds us that our enemy is a dreadful one. Let's look at verse, verse 12.: For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. In the original text, the word for struggle was to wrestle. So this battle wasn't sitting in an air-conditioned room and launching missiles. This was hand-to-hand combat. So this was difficult. Paul says, our enemy are the rulers and authorities and the powers of this dark world. What does this mean? The rulers would refer to those in the highest positions. Perhaps a five-star general. And these authorities refer to government officials that possess great authority. And the powers of this dark world refer to the forces that can manipulate destinies. And these spiritual forces of evil indicate that they are not physical beings, but they are extremely wicked forces. What is Paul trying to tell us? Paul is telling us, you cannot defeat them on your own. The Bible says, the devil is like a lion waiting to devour you. Or sometimes a serpent trying to deceive you. Or to be an angel of light to also deceive you. So we could not overcome them on our own. Look at the world today. How many nations and how many churches are divided apart? Even churches are splitting apart. How many families are broken? How many marriages end up in divorce? 
even Christian marriages. These things are not accidents. But these are the work, the destructive works of the devil. Because the devil would give us false teachings, which seems like the truth. And many Christians are only Christians inside the church building. They see wrong things, but they choose not to speak up. Perhaps something about same-sex marriage or transgenderism or abortion. We do not want to say anything about these Because people argue that these are their human rights. Of course, we're not opposing human rights. But to us Christians, I would like to ask, we, I want to ask, where is the power of God? We who believe in God, we view heavily, heavily more on God's rights than our rights. Paul reminds us something very important. We're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil. So please remember, our enemies are not man. So we're not fighting with other men. We're not opposing other men. We're opposing the evil behind these men. The problem is we cannot defeat them on their own strength. So Paul says, rely on the Lord and His mighty power. In the original text, be strong is in the passive tense. It is impossible for us to be strong on our own. We can only be strong in the Lord. So may God help us. Let us be strong in the Lord. In Joshua chapter 1, it repeats three times. Be strong and courageous. The first time, God told you should be strong and courageous. Because you will go and inherit the land I swore to your ancestors. This is what I promised you. So when that we have to take courage by standing on the promise of God. Because that's His promise. So then standing on the promises of God. And we're standing on His promises. The second time God told Joshua, said, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey my commandments. Do not let the word of the Lord depart your mouth. And do not turn from it left or right. 
we find another interesting thing. That we take courage by holding on to the word of God. Because that's what the word of God says. So be strong and courageous. The third. God told Joshua, Be strong and courageous. Wherever you go, I will be with you. Be strong and courageous by trusting in God's presence with us. God is with us. So what are we afraid of? So church, to be strong and courageous, it's not because we're on our own. But because we're in His promise, in His word, and in His presence. Then we can be strong and courageous. That's the first thing. The second is to put on the full armor of God. Verses 13 to 17. Now, these five verses talk about the complete armor of God. And these five verses can divide into two parts. The first part is verses 13 to 15. It tells us about three parts of the armor. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and the shoes of the gospel of peace. These three armors are worn in the body and not simply taken off. From verses 16 to 17 is the second part. This is the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. These things are held by the hand or worn on the head. If you look at this picture, it will be more clear. The armor. Uh, the armor that is put all around in the body. This is the belt, the breastplate, and the boots. And the armor that is held in the hands or put on the head. The shield, the helmet, or the sword. These are the six parts of the armor that we have to wear and to, and to be strong in the Lord. Let's explain these six parts of the armor. The first, let's look at the belt of truth. The first, we'll talk about the belt of truth. The waist is where our strength is centered. If you look at strong men, you can see that there's usually a belt tied on their waist. Uh, back then, many years ago, there's people called coolies. These people are laborers. 
carry rice. A coolie can usually carry three to four sacks of rice. But look at this image. Each one of them have a belt. It's a belt to bind them tight. The Roman soldiers are also the same. They have a belt. It's a belt to hold them tight. We who are soldiers of Christ, the truth is our belt. The truth is the word of God. So we must put the words of God richly in our hearts. An incomplete understanding of God's word is actually the most dangerous. Because a person might think he understands the Bible. But actually, he has a wrong interpretation. So this is dangerous. Rooted in the word of God. So be, so be rooted in the word of God. And the second is shield our chest with a breastplate of righteousness. In the Chinese translation, it is translated as a protective mirror. So we think that it's a mirror guarding our chest. But not really. This breastplate is to protect the entire chest. In today's word, it is body armor. Or bulletproof armor. So it protects your heart and everything in your chest. God said to use a breastplate of righteousness to protect our heart. So this heart is the seat of our conscience. Why should we protect it? Because the devil is here to accuse you day and night. When the devil comes to tempt us, he will tell you, that's no problem. Everybody does it. The grace of God is unlimited. If you sin, God will forgive you. And when you fall into temptation, He will come back. What kind of Christian are you? Are you really a child of God? You are not worthy. God will not forgive you. The church will not accept you. It's better for you to die. Because God and man will both attack you. John 13.2 is actually a very good explanation. Because it says this. Because the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. The devil has tempted already Judas. And he did betray Jesus. 
And when Jesus, Judas realized he made a mistake, he said, I have, I have wronged an innocent man. And, the, and then the devil went to attack his conscience. And Judas thought that I deserve to die. So he committed suicide. So may God help us. May his righteousness protect our hearts. Not his righteousness, not our righteousness, but his. It is the righteousness that comes from faith. God, church, please pay attention. There is no sin that God will not forgive. There is no sin that the church will not forgive. There is only one condition. To confess your sins. Confess and to repent. Then there will be forgiveness. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9 If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. This is That's what the word of God says. That he will forgive. But we should repent. The third is the word in the body is the shoes of the gospel of peace. Shoes are a crucial part of the equipment of soldiers. Because if your foot is injured, you will not stand up. How else fight? Roman soldiers used to put nails in their shoes. Just like when you wear cleats. So it's to prevent them from falling or tripping over. So it says that we have to put the gospel of peace of, of shoes on our feet. What does this mean? Because the devil has already put a lot of unbelief, doubts in our hearts. So when we spread the gospel, we must preach this gospel of peace. In Romans 10, 15, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Peter also reminds us in 1 Peter 315 but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have but do this with gentleness and respect we should always be ready to go with, our, with these shoes and to preach the gospel of peace now these are the items that are worn in the body. How about the second part? It's the items that are held by the hands or worn on the head. 
The first one is to take up the shield of faith. The shields that the Romans were using were quite large. An entire person can hide behind the shield. Because in Paul's time, the arrow was a very terrifying weapon. It could hit you from afar. If you look at uh, old movies, you would see like the skies are filled with arrows, and that's scary. So everybody would take the shield to protect the body. The enemy's arrows are flaming arrows. That's even more terrifying. So Paul says, take on the shield of faith to extinguish these flaming arrows. What flaming arrows does the enemy use? Doubt. To make us doubt God. Doubt our salvation. Am I saved? If we are in sin, that we will doubt God. God, did you abandon me? He makes us doubt God's word. So may God help us. How shall we overcome these doubts? Using the shield of faith. We only have a hundred percent faith in the Lord. Only then we can overcome the flaming arrows of the enemy. Look at 1 John 5, 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. The next is the helmet of salvation. A helmet is to protect your head. Because our mind is a major spiritual battlefield. Most of all of our troubles start from the mind. It refers to our hearts and mind. Let's look at Psalm 140, verse 7. Sovereign Lord, my strong deliverer, you shield my head in the day of battle. So this head is very important. Do you know what I think the most terrifying uh, idea in the world is today? My personal conviction. It's my personal opinion, conviction. That my emotions should dictate my life. The simplest argument Whatever I want or whatever I feel like doing, I will do. Just do it. Just do it. Because it makes me happy. This is a scary thing. What's wrong with same-sex marriage? This is what I want. 
I I want trans to be a transgender. What's wrong with that? That's what I want. To have a mistress. That's what I want. Keep To take drugs. So whatever I want or feel like it, I will do. This is a very terrifying thing. So we need to have a helmet to protect our minds from ideas like this. Or we will be easily uh, harmed. This helmet is to protect us, our hearts and minds. The third is to take up the sword of the spirit. This is the only weapon that can be used for defense and for attacking. It says here that this is the word of God. That we can defend and we can attack our enemy. In the Greek, there's two Greek words that mean word. One is logos. And the second is rima. Logos talks about objective truth. For example, the, the law, right? The 66 book. Or the 66 book. Or rima, the subjective truth. What's different? You remember what they first said about the belt? The belt is about the logos. We must have the logos abundantly in our hearts. But that's not enough. We must also let God's word be our rhema. Which is a subjective experience of the logos. When Jesus was tempted by Satan, Satan said, said, You are hungry. Turn these stones into bread. What did Jesus say? Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out from the mouth of God. The word here is used as rhema. Not logos, but rhema. This is the Lord's personal experience. May God help us. Verse 13 might be the conclusion of this armor of God. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Look at this image. There are three items that must be worn. The belt. The breastplate. And the boots. And three other things that is held by the hands or worn on the head. Is the shield. The helmet. 
Solomon taught the sword of God. In the word, in the sword of God. This is called complete armor of God. This is the complete armor of God. May God help us. Here, this is the complete armor of God. This is the armor of God. This is the complete armor of God. This is the complete armor of God. This is the complete Not only be strong and put on the full armor, but also pray in the spirit with all kinds of prayers. Let's look at verse 18 to 20. Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. We who are soldiers of God must first rely on the Lord's power to be strong. Then put on the full armor of God. The last is to pray and rely on the Holy Spirit. Because we are battling against spiritual evils. And we must pray well. Paul teaches us about three truths about prayer. The first, pray at all times. What does this mean? Every time, everywhere, pray. Of course, you must have a fixed time of prayer. Like in reset. We would pray together at 8 p.m. But more importantly is to pray in all occasions. Like whatever happens, your first instinct is to talk to God. Let's say I'm preaching. I can pray, Lord, use this message to be something that blesses the, the congregation. And when you hear it, you can say, Lord, Speak to me through this message. When we listen to when you get the call, we can also talk to as we talk to someone, we can also pray for this person. In the midst of the pandemic, I always use the phone to pray for others. May God help us. Pray at all times. To pray at all times. The second the With all prayers and supplications. This talks about the methods of prayer. So we can use different methods to pray before God. Some people pray audibly, some not. Some pray a prayer of confession. Some of thanksgiving. Some is a public prayer. Or some would pray in private. And some would pray for the sick. Some would pray for those who are weak in heart. And some would pray while anointing oil. Using different methods to pray before the Lord. 
It is to pray with all perseverance. It is not easy to persevere in prayer. So there must be some practice. The Lord Jesus prayed three times in Gethsemane. Jacob would pray overnight in the forge of Jabbok. Daniel would pray three times in a day. Abraham prayed six times for Sodom and Gomorrah. These are good examples of praying with perseverance. May God help us. The last. If you look at this important term, there's a word that appears four times. This is an important word. What is it? To stand. If you're using the NIV version, it might be more clear. You can take your stand. Verse 11, you can take your stand. Be able to stand. Stand your ground. Be able to stand your ground. Verse 13 again, to stand. Stand firm. Verse 14, stand firm. Paul reminds us again and again that as soldiers we have to stand. Why does why do we have to stand? Because as a soldier, if you cannot stand, you have failed. David did not stand firm in the presence of Bathsheba. He saw her bathing and he committed adultery. Peter did not stand firm before the servant girl. So three times he denied Jesus. Abraham did not stand firm in the face of danger. So he lied to the king. He said, this is not my wife, but my sister. Uh, there is, Paul has a co-worker named Demas. He did not stand firm in the presence of wealth. Paul said he loved the world, therefore he went to Thessalonica. Church. All of us have our own weaknesses. You must know which one is your weakness. And ask the Lord for help. Ask the Lord that you may stand firm. On your weakness, rely on God the most. Today, I will conclude our series on Ephesians. This is the 15th message. May these 15 messages be a blessing in your life. The theme again is a new humanity. Now we are a new humanity and a new creation. May God bless you. May God be with you. Let's pray. 
结束伊个所事，军队开始到近那里讲了十块皮的信息，有只来帮阵，这十块皮的 message， 十只军日子袂祝福，军已经信主了，军的生活，军的生命已经就是信的，我军继续活在新的生命的里面，新的生活的里面，就话军在军无软弱，军无够刚强，军本来就是真软弱的人。所以保罗求提前咧，就话过上帝大能大力最刚强嘅人，主要唔是军登刚强，伫主嘅里面，因为主嘅圣主嘅圣灵嘅开嘅开力嚟帮衬军，我军在最有开力嘅人里面对挑战一切挑战，佢就做个军，即系即系基督徒嘅先生，挑战军、激烈军、感动军、安慰军，我军靠到最稳定，继续。最主家己嘅门徒，佢用最主家己所认嘅人，喺度做里面为佢最美好嘅见证。喺度我哋感谢啊，咁嘅基督，向哥主耶稣基督嘅圣名 ，Amen and Amen。喺呢边今日咧结束呢个新嘅，呢个过去呢个以为所述，对下礼拜开始哦，教会要传讲呢个新嘅，是不是 message？ 就即系对乜嘢上帝嘅启蒙 ，the God's verse。咱睇下书上呢个。但以理数就包括难了，所以好多嘅读家买这个但以理数，只有十二招嘅圣经。下礼拜咱谈头一个 message 是但以理数第一招，都嘅读家买 chapter one， 我话对乜事最上帝启明嘅主角 ，the qualities to become a vessel of God。关注咧，知道这个新嘅 message， 新嘅系列嘅 message， 好帮衬军，好嚟喺这个时代中间嚟侍奉军嘅上帝，献出军嘅感谢。下礼拜咱个杀度 ，God best。